Hello. Hi. Welcome to Sipping with Snapped, a true crime podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Mary. And I'm Kylie. We are a mother-daughter duo interested in true crime. Some material may be disturbing because we do discuss murder. And adult beverages. We try not to swear, but sometimes bad words do fall out. <laughs> Join in on the conversation. Find us on Instagram at Sipping with Snapped. Tweet us at Sipping Snapped. To suggest a story, find us online, www.sippingwithsnapped.com. Or join our Facebook group, Sipping with Snapped, a true crime podcast. So, uncork your favorite bottle of wine. Or pour yourself a cocktail and... Let's Talk Snapped! Hi, Mom. Hi, Kylie. How are you? <laughs> good. Just watching you kick off your Crocs and get comfortable. Well, you know, <laughs> it's always good to get comfortable. Hey, everybody out there. Hope you're comfortable. Hello, all of our listeners. Thanks for putting us on. Yes, thank you for turning us on because you turn us on. <laughs> <laughs> Hope we turn you on how you turned us on. So, I would say, like, how are you? But I've been with you. I know, exactly. Usually we have something to catch up each other on. Mm -hmm. But we haven't spoken to each other all week. We both have a uh, awesome farmer's stand going. Oh, yeah. I noticed how gnarly it is earlier before the shower. (laughs) I was like, ooh, that's defined. You took a little gander at yourself in the mirror. Yep. And I saw a redneck. Oh, wind down south. (laughs) You are are in Alabama. I know. How funny is that? I'm down here for a few days and then, whoo, there it is. (laughs) You, there it is. It's actually kind of funny because you said you like walking with your back to the sun and i bet that's why it just feels good yeah that's true i guess i should put a little sunscreen on while we're getting into spring speaking of that's why we're having a rosé a yes because it is getting into spring weather Mm. it's a san sebastian rosa Mm -hmm. so i'm guessing that it's spanish because it says san sebastian with a little like a boop slanty thing <laughs> apostrophe no the accent thingy oh is it over a letter yeah oh it's an accented letter maybe that's an i i'm reading this from across the room it's it's uh it's sweet thank you for the donation our listener yes our fan who gave us we've had two bottles of wine gifted to us two bottles of wine gifted that's when you know you start making it we love you <laughs> that's when you know it's yeah. for free here take this wine and i believe that this is made in florida oh it's a florida wine maybe the florida grapes are more watered down than, <laughs> than the, the west coast grapes <laughs> who knows what happens in florida i feel like a wine made in florida would be ooh. everything gets watered down in florida <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so what is your story for us today, Mom? We received a hometown murder. <gasps> Ooh. Yes. So this is someone you know? Yes, a friend of mine. Her name is Chelly. Oh. And we met in college. We both went to Troy State University. Ooh. Back when it was Troy State. Now it's just Troy University. Oh, they dropped the state? They did. So Chelly from Troy. So did you meet her like your freshman year? Uh, sophomore year when I went into the sorority. Oh, nice. We're sorority sisters. Yay. Hey, and you and I are sorority sisters. Boop, boop. 
So this murder happened on September 7th, 1988. Mm -hmm. So this was fall of Chelly's senior year of high school. Oh, wow. So she was young when the murder happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, 17 or 18. Yeah. 17. A teenager. And it happened in the small town of Ozark, Alabama, which has a population of 14,000. Okay. And it's about 30 miles south of Troy, 20 miles north of Dothan. Dothan's like the bigger town. (laughs) And she said that it was one of the worst tragedies to hit her hometown. Oh, wow. Yes. So nothing crazy's happened there since... (laughs) <laughs> Two other murders also happened, she said, no but we might cover those at a later date. So I won't. All right. Chelly and the murder. <laughs> Good old Ozark. Who knew? I know. It's funny because I, whenever you're going to say that, I'm going to think of the show with Marty Bird. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think of hottie Jason Bateman. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a huge crush on him in Little House on the Prairie. He looks the same. Uh, him and Paul Rudd, they're does. just like the same. They just don't age. Yeah. They, they've got magic blood. they got magic blood. <laughs> so I am going to introduce you to the Culverhouse family. So Tully Robert Culverhouse Sr. was born on November 5th, 1940. Okay. And he married a woman named Nina Jo Harper in 1963 in Dale County, Alabama. And that's where Ozark is located. Okay. So I'm not sure if it's like a smaller town or if they got married in Ozark. But somewhere in the area. But somewhere in that area. Born and raised. Born and raised. Yes, born and raised. (laughs) So Nina Jo Harper was born on August 21st, 1943. Three, also in Dale County, Alabama. <laughs> so they are. And the two of them had four sons. Oh, wow. Tully Robert, and he goes by Robin Jr., was born in 1961. Christopher J. was born on January 5th, 1964, but heartbreakingly, he passed away on February 23rd, 1964, when he was one month old. Oh. I didn't say why. Then there was Obi, O-B-I-E. Oh. And he went by his middle name of Lee. Uh-huh. And he was born on September 24th, 1968. And then the youngest brother, Jason, he went by his middle name, Hunter. Uh-huh. And he was born in 1969. So so luckily they had great middle name. <laughs> yes. They all went by the middle name except for the baby, of course. So the first, the oldest name was Tully? Oh, yes. Well, the, the father's name is Tully. Oh, okay. But he went by Robert. By Robin. The father is Tully Robert, and he went by Robert. Okay, so he couldn't go by Robert. So he the first son is Tully Robert, but he went by Robin. So Tully is interesting. Yes. Obi's interesting, and then poor Jason. Obi Lee went by <laughs> Lee, and then Jason Hunter went by Hunter, which I like. That's a good name. I like Hunter. I mean, they're all cool names. Mm-hmm. First and last. According to Chelly, they played sports, and they were quite popular and good-looking. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's that's a good yes. three brothers so the youngest one was a year older than her okay so they were the older boys the older cute cool boys <laughs> oh yeah especially when they play football especially football in the south oh Oof. my gosh yes mr and mrs culverhouse owned a tracking company oh okay so on september 7th 1988 robert the father he was 47 nina joe the mom was 45 and lee the middle brother was 19 and they were all shot in their home uh, wait what i feel like that was abrupt we just <laughs> met these people <laughs> yes. 
So the county coroner determined that there were 10 shots fired between all three victims. Wow. While the shooter had attempted to pick up all the shells and dispose of them, they missed finding one of these because investigators found one of the spent shotgun shells in Lee's bedroom behind the nightstand. Ooh, so it was hidden. (laughs) Yes. And the investigation proved that it had been ejected from a 16-gauge Remington shotgun, which was later found in the basement of the Culver House home. Oh, the murder weapon was left. (gasps) Okay. The people of Ozark began to suspect the youngest brother, Hunter, because he refused to take a lie detector test. Oh, Mm -hmm. interesting. And then the case grew cold. (gasps) And the officers did not have any leads for four and a half years. Oh my gosh. Wait, so all that they had were these dead people. Who Do we know who found the body? No. Okay. It didn't say that in anything I read. Yeah. Well, I'm sure as soon as three people from the same family don't show up to something and like with the trucking business, then... Like, hey, our bosses aren't here. Exactly. Yes. A break developed in February of 1993. Uh Uh-huh. Wait, and so Hunter, the youngest that was the suspect at the time, is only like, what, 17, 18? 18. Oh, my gosh. So this would be September. So he graduated high school in like May. Mm Mm-hmm. And this happened in September. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they didn't say his birthday. So in February of 1993, there was some financial trouble and feeling that his uncle was pushing him about something with the trucking business in which he took over after the parents' deaths. The youngest did? Not the oldest? The youngest did. Mm-hmm. So Hunter called his brother and told him that he wanted to talk to him. Uh-huh. Because after the murders, the brothers kind of drifted apart. They didn't talk to each other. Oh, that's kind of sad. I feel like murder can either make you grow close to other people or come completely drive you apart mm-hmm. so the brothers didn't talk much and then robin called the sheriff and told him about the talks with hunter uh-huh and he said that he suspected hunter of doing something maybe committing these murders because of some of his actions quote unquote Ooh. so robin talked to the sheriff and then they decided that they will arrange a meeting between Robin and Hunter Uh and it was set up by the law enforcement officers and they put a wire on Robin. Got it. So they put a wire on Robin with a recording device that taped it and this recording device was on his back at the time. Mm-hmm. And then he did some recording. And then the second time he did recordings with his brother, it was in his cap, his baseball cap. Oh, so they did multiple kind of sting operations. They did two. It's no fault of uh, this kid at all. But whenever you say Robin, I just immediately picture him there in like a green cape and tight. <laughs> a big R on his chest. A black. And a little mask. Yeah, just like, no, nah, don't be suspicious. Like, I'm not a little hero here with the recording. Pow. Bam. Exactly. Like Batman's back there listening to whatever he's doing. Yes. And the sheriff gave Robin some advice by saying, hey, Robin, we need Hunter to think that he's smarter than the law. Uh Uh-huh. So say what you need to, you know, to make it sound like... Like we have no idea. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we're not onto him. 
So Robin played along and he told Hunter something like, hey, I thought about killing our dad because he whipped us as kids. So he tried to like say, hey, I thought about doing it too. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm -hmm. Did you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then at one point, Robin asked Hunter, point blank, did you kill our parents? (gasps) And? and Hunter replied, quote, It don't matter if I did or didn't, y'all never be able to prove it, unquote. What? <laughs> well, I mean, your grammar just makes me, <laughs> Hunter, it just makes me doubt how. It don't matter if I did or didn't, y'all aren't going to be able to prove it. Solid, your cases. <laughs> Sassy pants. Later, Hunter told Robin that he did it. Oh, and Robin said that Hunter seemed to be a little relieved by getting it off his chest. Mm-hmm. So he, Hunter broke down and he cried for some time after confessing. So the two meetings that Hunter and Robin had, like the undercover meetings, uh-huh. there was an officer. Got a dog in heat over here. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any big... Panting. It's my dog. Sorry. Yeah, it's not my mom. (laughs) Yes, it's not me. She's not thinking about Hunter out there. But then why Lee? I need to hear that. Okay. So during the two undercover meetings, like the taped meetings between the two brothers, there was an officer hiding in the Culver House residence. Uh Uh-huh. And cameras were planted to keep the two under surveillance. So they were recording their conversation. And once Hunter made Robin strip, like strip down, I want to make sure you're not wired. Uh Uh-huh. And that was the time that the recording device was in his baseball cap. Oh, thank goodness. So it wasn't found. Yes. So armed with recording conversations. Wait, so when you say that there's an officer hiding in the Culver house, was that where the conversations were taking place? Yes. So they had like a police officer in the closet. Just like, <laughs> yeah. I picture like, you know, the the other woman. I'm wondering. Or other man, just like. <laughs> well, I'm wondering if the police officer was there just in case things got heated. Oh, that makes Because the one brother was accusing the other brother of murder. Yeah. And what if he lost his temper and pulled out a gun? Yeah, that's true. So it was for more of a protection thing. That's kind of nice because I feel like more and more often we hear of them just being like, and we're going to listen to your conversation and go look out there. There you go. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And that person just has to defend themselves. And if you need help, say this code word. Yeah, exactly. Like you're going to remember the code word when you need help. Exactly. And the code (laughs) word is something like tangerine. And you're like, how can I work this in a conversation? Banana, banana. Right? Like I could really go for a tangerine. And they're like, "Um, you're (laughs) why? How about a blood orange? Right? (laughs) Blood orange. Blood. Uh, Blood orange. Blood orange. Blood orange. That would be a good one. If a fruit is ever going to be your code word for something going down, it should be blood orange. Absolutely. <laughs> Get that blood in there. Yep. Armed with the recorded conversations, which included the admission from Hunter that he did kill his parents, evidence was presented to the Dale County Grand Jury so that an arrest could be made of Hunter. Yeah. So he was arrested in Oklahoma City on March 19th, 1993. What was he doing there? He was traveling from California to Canada on a trucking run. Was he fleeing? No. Or he had no idea? He had no idea. Oh, okay. That that was going to happen. So then a couple months later on May 5th, Hunter made a written confession 
recounting his actions, which included he was spending the night over his girlfriend's house. Oh, he was allowed to do that at 17, 18? Dang. Well, he graduated from high school, so he's an adult. Oh, right. Yeah, he's out of it. So he... I keep thinking of him as a high school senior because that's when Chelly knew him. Mm-hmm. Well, this happened when Chelly was a senior, so he already graduated by then. Oh, okay. Because he's a year older. So Hunter was spending the night at his girlfriend's house. Mm-hmm. Which was her parents' house. Yeah. <laughs> Can my friend leave over? Yeah. So that was the night of September 5th, 1988. Yes, when you were 18, you were not allowed to have any boys sleep over. Sorry. Right? Yes, I'm old-fashioned. <laughs> he left his girlfriend's house and went to his parents' house. Mm-hmm. And his house, because that's where he usually slept. He entered through the sliding glass door that he left unlocked. So they were expecting him to be away all night? Yes, they were expecting him to be at the girlfriend's house all night. He entered through the sliding glass door, went into the basement, and took that 16-gauge Remington shotgun from the gun cabinet. Uh-huh. He put on gloves. He went upstairs. Uh-huh. He took a phone off the hook in the kitchen. Uh-huh. And then he placed the receiver on the table. So back in 1988... When a phone was in your house, it was connected to the wall. Yeah. So a phone line came into the house via a cord, <laughs> and it came in from the street. So all of the phones were connected to the one phone line. Okay. So if you took just one phone off the hook, all of them were disabled in the whole house. No, really? Yes. I don't know if you remember using the phone. Yeah, but I wouldn't. Yes. I mean, back when we had a landline at our house, it's like if I picked up the phone and pressed talk, if you were on the phone, I heard you talking type thing. Yeah. So if you take it off the hook and then let it go dead. Yeah. You can't call out from any room in the house. (gasps) So he didn't even have to like cut the line. No, he just had to take it off. Oh man. So this was Mm premeditated. He knew what he was doing. Yes. He had a plan. Oh, I was going to say, so I'm sure you murderinos know because of the old movies and cutting the phone line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. That was one of the first things. It's like, the phone line's been cut. The phone line's dead. Oh, that makes sense now. So all you would have to do is like cut the kitchen phone line and then all of them wouldn't work? Correct. That's terrible technology and planning. So you would take it off and then if you didn't make a phone call right away, because uh-huh. at first you have the dial tone. Yeah. And if you didn't make a phone call... Then it would go, uh, 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 uh. really? And it was super annoying. <gasps> yes. So Hunter went into his brother Lee's room first. No. Lee was home from Troy State University. He was a sophomore. No. He was home for the weekend. So he just happened to be home visiting. Hunter shot Lee once in the head. <sighs> So then his father heard the gunshot, ran out of his room, and he got shot in the hallway. So Hunter shot him three times, killing him. And then his mother, Nina Jo, was looked from the bedroom, and she tried to shut the door. And as she was shutting the door, he shot her, and he shot her in the hand. Uh And then she locked the door, Uh and then she ran in, like she was in her bedroom, so she ran to the phone to try to call for help. And it didn't work. As you can recall, the phone had been disconnected. Yeah. So she was helpless. So he shot his own mother in cold blood. And then Hunter cleaned the shotgun and put it back in the case in the basement. But why did he even need to kill Lee? 
I feel like there was no point to that. Unless he thought Lee was going to get the trucking company. No way. What about his older brother, though? Wouldn't he have been first in line? You would think. I mean, he didn't get it later. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly why. The state forensic pathologist testified as to the condition of the three victims and where they'd been shot. Uh Uh-huh. So his father, Robert, Uh was shot three times, once in the lower back, once in the right thigh, and once in the right side of his forehead. Oh, God. His mother, Nina, was shot in the hand upper leg upper right arm and the right side of the neck and then the brother lee was shot only once in the back of the neck so lee was found dead in his bed uh-huh his mother was in the master bedroom and the father was in the hallway Ah. Uh. I don't even know, like, which one is worse. I mean, at least Lee, I guess, was asleep and never saw. It was instant, yeah. He didn't know who did it. I can't imagine being a mom and seeing your kid come after you like that. Mm -hmm. But didn't you say there were 10 shots between them? Yes, I was trying to count also. Okay, but (laughs) we can get that out. I just wanted to... Yeah, I was like, that only adds up to seven. (laughs) (laughs) He missed. He was not a good shot. No, apparently. (laughs) Right? So during a portion of the testimony, members of the jury which was made up of seven women and five men and they were shown pictures of the slain victims oh no scenes of the places where their bodies were found and the district attorney also showed videos of the scene which is something that i hope i never witnessed to right when they have to provide that footage for the jury Mm -hmm. and which stinks is like i know ultimately it is part of the discovery Mm -hmm. however i feel that a lot of times prosecution or someone who has a motive will show the gnarliest most gruesome way you know kind of Mm -hmm sway the jury and throughout the trial hunter sat there and he stared straight ahead no eye contact with anyone what did his brother do was he there yes the brother was there but he said i don't want my brother to die because i still love my brother yeah even though i don't like what he did i still love my brother yeah i mean that's tough and especially as the oldest and then the youngest Mm -hmm. like those are the two polar bookends yeah the trial lasted for five hours which seems really quick to me yes sweet so if he confessed then why was there even a trial when he just plead guilty well i think hold on um and the jury deliberated for only 20 minutes before returning a guilty verdict oh i know i in an arranged plea bargaining between his attorney and the district attorney changed plea of not guilty to guilty was made it was backed by the confession so they were seeking a life sentence without parole uh-huh. to avoid any death penalty. Okay. So although the defendant had confessed to the killings, a formal trial procedure was followed as the state was charged with an obligation to, quote, prove without any reasonable doubt, unquote. Oh, interesting. That the crime was committed by the defendant. Oh. During the testimony, there were two recesses called by the judge and then Jason Hunter Culverhouse, who was only 23 at the time Ugh. took a plea bargain and was convicted to three counts of capital murder and he was sentenced to life without parole and was this just for the trucking business yeah or did he even say why he didn't say why that's crazy so the three are buried at center ridge cemetery in ozark alabama uh-huh. and the family members received a quarter of a million dollars for rights to their story because there was a movie made what? No way. 
and it was called The Morrison Murders, <gasps> based on a true story. Well, now we're going to have to watch that. That's what I was thinking. But that's so interesting. So if we want a little more detail, we could probably watch that movie. Yeah. And see what they say. Exactly. What the what the ins and outs were. Yep. The little nuanced things. Mm-hmm. The little tidbits. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy that they didn't have anything until the older brother was like mm. mm-hmm. that was a little sketchy right well i mean it was it sounds like one of those things honestly like the movie we just watched bernie where everyone suspected but they couldn't prove anything like they wouldn't have been able to get him if they didn't find the body in the, in the freezer. yeah that's true he kept saying even the sisters were like no she's at the yeah he had everyone fooled so i mean it's that same type of thing where mm. if he didn't confess to it that i wonder if they would have ever because the only evidence they had was the spent shell casing, which had no prints because mm. he had gloves. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. There's no forest entry because he left the door unlocked. That's true. There's no prints anywhere. The motive, I mean, the only motive would be for someone, the money. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you, Chelly. Yes. For sending us your hometown. Yes. Thank you. I mean, that's crazy. Hopefully we did it justice. I know. I mean, knock on wood so far. I don't think we have a hometown murder. So whenever I hear of people, like, I can't imagine growing up and being like, I walked the hallways with that person. Yes. And then they did that. Yeah. Or I had a crush on that hottie. Right? Because wasn't he like football captain or something? Like Football player, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she said that he dressed very nicely. Yeah. For, you know, for the 80s. <laughs> he had his popped polo collar. Yes. He wore his button-down shirts. Double polo. <laughs> and he... Right? Whatever the niche was. It wasn't a cuff. It was like pinning or something. Cuffed his pants? I think it was called something else. Oh, was it called pinning your pants or was it called something else? Yeah. Pegged? Uh, yeah, I think there was a cool f- name for it. Pegged pants? Yes. Pegged your pants. Yep, that's it. Because I did with my boat shoes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know. So he definitely was... I was a wannabe. <laughs> <laughs> you had the knockoff. You had a little shark on it instead of an alligator. Yes. I was a wannabe. That's okay. I was friends with everybody. (laughs) And I hung out with my mommy and daddy on the weekend. And then you made a little girl who does the same thing. (laughs) Even now as an adult. (laughs) Mommy, let's do the podcast. Mommy, let's hang out. Talk about Mooney. Thank you for the recommendation, Shelly. Yes. Thank you for listening. And And thank you everyone for listening. Yes. And speaking of listening, make sure you listen to your mother. And make good choices. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Sipping with Snapped is an independent podcast. So the best way you can support us is to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser. This podcast is researched, written, and edited by us. I'm Mary the mom. I'm Kylie the daughter. Thank you to Caleb Cook for lending his musical talents for our theme music. And tune in next Wednesday for another Sipping with Snapped episode. Cheers! Cheers. Hey, Logan, say I love you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>